So many people in this world worry about what if questions. They might ask themselves, what if this situation doesn't turn out like I hope? What if I don't get what I've always wanted? What if someone I love becomes very sick? What if anything happens to my family? What if there are evil men and women who seek to hurt Christians? What if there are worse things to come in the future? You see, the things that we don't know can become very worrying and scary to us. But of all the what-if questions that we could ask, I don't think they'll ever come close to the questions that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego could have asked. What if we get arrested? What, what, what if someone sees us not bowing down to this statue? What if the king really does throw us in the fire? What, what, what if we're making the wrong decision here? What, what if God doesn't save us? Well, this morning we're going to look at three things that we can learn from this story of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego and the God whom we still serve today. The first thing is something we should do. And the second and third things are reasons why we should do the first. So here's our first point and they'll come up on the screen. Please God, above all, even if you die. Now our three, our three friends, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they were faced with a decision, weren't they? Should we please the king or should we please God? Now, whichever option they pick has big, big consequences. If they choose to please King Nebuchadnezzar, then they get to keep their important jobs. They might even get promoted. They don't cause any trouble to anyone. And probably most importantly, they don't get thrown into the fire. There are a lot of reasons to choose pleasing King Nebuchadnezzar. But if they please God, then the consequences are that they lose everything they got to keep when they please King Nebuchadnezzar. And they get thrown into the fire. It might seem like an easy choice to make. I'm pleasing the king. You would, wouldn't you? But not Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. They knew that bowing down to this statue was wrong. They knew that they'd be sinning in front of the whole kingdom of Babylon and in front of God. Because if they obeyed Nebuchadnezzar, they'd be breaking the first two of God's Ten Commandments. Now at BBB, we're looking at the Ten Commandments and we looked at the first one on Friday. Can you remember? The first commandment is you shall have no other gods before me. And the second commandment, you shall not make for yourself a carved image of the likeness of anything that's in heaven or on earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. And Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they knew these laws that God had given them and they knew that 
they were Israelite foreigners in the land of Babylon. They were some of a handful of people who trusted in God. They were like bright lights in a really dark land. And they knew they had to stand up for what was right. They had to stand up for what God wanted. They had to choose to disobey King Nebuchadnezzar in order to please and obey God. Now, it's a good thing for us to give honour to our kings and rulers. Peter writes in his first letter, 1 Peter chapter 3, sorry, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13 to 17, he writes that we should submit to human rulers, and he specifically mentions kings and governors. And Daniel himself wrote in chapter 2, we saw this last week, he said that King Nebuchadnezzar has been given his power, his kingdom, his authority, his strength by God himself. That's Daniel chapter 2 verse 37. So why did Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego choose to disobey the king now? Because if obeying a human king means that we cannot obey God, then we must obey God first, above all. That's something that Peter knew as well. He wrote in his letter that we should honour human rulers, but he also, in Acts, when he was preaching about Jesus and was brought before rulers, he said himself, we ought to please, we must obey God rather than men. There's a pastor in America whose name is Steve Lawson. And he said this, he said, if you please God, it doesn't matter whom else you displease. And if you displease God, it doesn't matter whom else you please. Now, I'm going to tell you something that probably no one else would tell you. The most important thing, the greatest thing that could ever be said about you is that you know God and please him above all. Even if you don't get any special awards at school, but you know and you please God, even if you don't pass any of your exams, but you know and you please God. Even if you never get a brilliant job or a big house or a cool car or loads of money, but you know and you please God. Even if no one in the world sees you as great, but you know and you please God, then you are the greatest in his kingdom. Now, take a look at the lives of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Look at how we see them in this chapter. They were important wise men in the king's court. Look at verse 12. It says, The king had set the three of them over the affairs of the province of Babylon. These were three men who were in charge of the land. They have wealth, they have power, 
they have reputation and everyone looks up to them and don't we all love to have those things but what do we learn from the way these three act we learn that their wealth their power their jobs aren't as important to them as pleasing God they'd much rather give up and lose all of those things if it meant they could still please God God says himself in Jeremiah chapter 9 God says let not the wise man like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego let not the wise man glory or boast in his wisdom let not the mighty man boast in his might nor the rich man brag about his riches but let him who glories and boasts do so in this that he understands and knows me that i am the lord exercising loving kindness judgment and righteousness in the earth for in these i delight says the lord our three friends wisdom wealth power and their jobs well they'd one day fade and they'd one day end none of those things none of those things that they possess are greater or more worthwhile than the kingdom of god and pleasing their true king but their decision to disobey Nebuchadnezzar still has huge consequences. The king brought them before himself and he gave them one last chance to give in before he would throw them into the fire. Now, I have here some of these. What is this? It's a match, isn't it? Now, if I were to light a match, And I were to tell you to put your fingers right into the flame, would you do it? Some of you might say, yeah, I'd do it. But you'd be foolish if you were to do that. Some of you would say, no, I wouldn't do that. And you'd be wise. No, none of us would want to put our fingers or our bodies into a fire because we'd get hurt we know that but Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were faced with a far greater threat weren't they that they would be picked up and thrown into a raging fire but listen to how they responded to the king verse 16 Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego said to the king, O King Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need that we answer you in this matter. For if that is the case, that you will throw us in the fire, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, 
and he doesn't deliver us from the fire? Let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Now what could possibly give anyone such an amazing strength and determination, even in the threat of being burnt? What could possibly give you the strength to stand up against the most powerful king in the world at that time, Nebuchadnezzar? What, what would give you such strength without letting fear scare you away? Well, here's our second point. Hoping in God makes death powerless. Remember we said our first point was something we should do and then our second and third are reasons why we should do the first. So here's a first reason why we should please God above all even if we die. Because hoping in God makes death powerless. Because even if we die, death no longer has power to harm us when our hope is placed in God. Now, whatever room you're in right now, I want you to look over at the door. No, go on, look over at the door. Now, I want you to imagine that this room that you're in right now is the only room that you've ever been in. This is all you've known your whole life, just this one room. But imagine you also know that that door has never been opened. It's always remained shut. And you know that one day, you don't know when, but one day you'll have to pass through that door. It will forever be shut behind you never to come back into the room. Everything you once loved and enjoyed and knew about life in this room would be over and you'd have to face whatever was on the other side of that door. How much would you fear stepping through that door? See, that's why a lot of people are scared of death. You see, that door is a lot like death. It's the one way, gateway, that leads to the next life. And remember right at the start I said that things we don't know can become very worrying and scary to us. And so many people are scared of death because they don't know when they have to step through. They don't know how it will happen, they don't know what is on the other side. Now, back to imagining our room. Imagine you were told that on the other side of your door is a vicious bear who's waiting to devour you. How much more scared of the door would you be? See, God has told us that the reason there is death is because it's a result it's a punishment for our wicked sin. And on the other side of death, for every one of us, 
is the judgment for our sin. But back in our room, imagine someone were to come in, step through the door before you, kill the bear, step back into the room and say, it is done, it is finished, you have nothing left to fear, follow me through the door. Would you fear stepping through the door anymore? No, all of your fear would be gone because it's been dealt with. The fearful power that door once held is now gone. Now the Bible never gives us a problem. The Bible never points out a problem in us without also providing us with the answer. And death and the punishment waiting on the other side of death, that's our problem. But here's the answer that God gives you as a gift. Jesus came and he stepped into death. He dealt with the punishment and judgment for your sin and then he stepped back into life and tells you that it is finished, it is dealt with, there's no more to fear and to follow him. How great is our God? How much do we have to fear death anymore? We don't because it's been completely overcome by our God. So a Christian can stare death in the face and not be afraid of it anymore because they know that the power that it once held has been completely taken away since their saviour has the power over death. That is how Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego can say to the king, do your worst. You can do whatever you like to us, but you have no power over us. We're not in your hands, O king. We're in the hands of our God. You can try and kill us, but our God is the one who controls death. Whether we live or whether we die, we please him. What an amazing thing to say. What an amazing hope God gives us that death has no more power for a Christian because they've been given everlasting life on the other side of it. We're just passing through earth on our way to our true home of heaven. So there are Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. They've decided to please God above all, even if they die. They know that death is a very real possibility for them and they don't know what God is going to do. But they do know two things and these two things are enough for them. They know that hoping in God makes death powerless. And they also know, our last point, that God always does what's good for his people.
Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were thrown into the fire, but they weren't burnt up. The king looked inside and saw them walking around, unbound from the strengths that they'd put on them, walking freely, unharmed. And the king saw a fourth man, and that was the presence of God with them. The king called out to them and called them out of the fire and marveled at how great their God must be to deliver them out of the fire. And you may be thinking, what a happy ending. Well, of course God would save them out of the fire. Of course God would save the day. Now, there's a song, a children's song by Hillsong Kids called Superhero. And the main line of the chorus of that song says, Jesus, you're my superhero. And that is probably the kids' song, children's song, that I like the least. I wish that song had never, ever been written because of this. If I teach you that Jesus and God is like a superhero, then when you face trouble in your life, what do you expect him to do? To save you and deliver you out of it. That's what superheroes do. But there's a problem with that. God doesn't promise us that he will. In fact, sometimes, God won't save us. Do you remember Stephen in the New Testament? In the book of Acts, we read of Stephen. He was preaching about Jesus. And what happened? An angry crowd grabbed him, threw him out of the city, picked up huge stones and threw them at his body until he died. Did God, did God not get there in time to save him? No, that's not what happened. God hadn't chosen to save him, but God had chosen to take him straight to himself instead. See, God doesn't promise our comfort. God does promise our good. And sometimes what is good isn't comfortable and isn't safe. Paul wrote a lot of letters in the New Testament. Paul was beaten and hurt so much for preaching about Jesus. And yet here's what Paul wrote in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 28. He said, And we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they knew that. They knew, just like Stephen, just like Paul, that even though God didn't guarantee that he would save them, that God would still do what is good for them. Because God doesn't promise that our lives will be comfortable. But God does promise that he will be with us 
when things are uncomfortable and that he will bring about good from out of the bad when we trust in him. If God can do anything in your life, whether easy or painful, in order to shape you to look more like Jesus or to teach you something that you need to learn or, or to give you treasure in heaven or to benefit someone else through you, then he will. It's the exact same thing that happened to Joseph. Remember him in the Old Testament? Joseph was in a position just like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. He was a, an Israelite who'd been sold into a foreign land and he'd been raised up into a high position over a lot of people. And after Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers, was wrongly thrown into prison, after all these terrible things that happened to Joseph, he said at the end of it all, even though my brothers meant it for evil, God meant it all for good in order to save people from this famine. Because since Joseph was a ruler, he could help, he could help people. What an amazing, kind God we have. What a compassionate God that he always does what is good for his people and he will never leave them or forsake them. So even if you suffer as a Christian, even if you die as a Christian, you can always be confident that the same God who was working for Joseph's good, working for Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego's good, working for Paul's good and for Stephen's good, will also work for your good. Imagine Daniel had received the news that his three friends had been killed by the king could he still praise the God who does what is good for his people? Through sorrowful tears, yes he could. So the next time you face a scary what if question, remember these three things. Please God, above all, even if you die, because hoping in God makes death powerless and God always does what is good for his people. And I can promise you this because the Bible and God promises you this, that throughout your whole time passing through earth on your way to your true home of heaven, Whatever you go through in your life, whether difficult or upsetting, whether easy or painful or lonely, throughout all things, if you trust in Christ, he will hold you fast. 